1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH.
2: All right. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, with you here on the program. Glad to be with you on President's Day. Um, glad to be with you on a big college basketball weekend follow. Two massive wins for KU and K-State on the weekend. And no time to think about it for KU as they turn around and play Right back tonight in a big one against a seemingly healthy now TCU team. You'll hear that game tonight at 8 o'clock on KFH. Uh, We'll get you ready for that one as we make our way through the program. Lots of good stuff coming for you. History made uh, for one of the great athletes in Wichita State history, Sidney McKinney. We'll get to that a little bit later in the program as well. News in the conference realignment world. It's a great Monday to be here with you. Again, alongside Tommy Castor, I'm Jacob Albrock, Jad Chambers Producing. Tommy, how was the weekend?
3: It was a good weekend. It was a busy weekend. Uh, You know, it was good to have great weather yesterday. That was nice. Got out and enjoyed it a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of folks did, but uh, yeah, good weekend and, and glad to be here, ready for another Monday.
2: And here we go. It is a Monday. I don't know. I mean, my attention was on college basketball this weekend, Tommy. You had a golf tournament where Tiger was pretty competitive. You had the NBA's All-Star Weekend where Mack McClung uh, made a name for himself and all kinds of different things happening. But it was college basketball for me on Saturday. And KU gets a big win. K-State gets a big win. I, I, I mean, you know, for K-State especially, Tommy, and – why don't we start with the Wildcats and then we can get into KU and then we can preview tonight's game as we go through our number one here. Both teams get the win. Both teams help themselves in the standings. Let's start with K-State. K-State, who had been reeling a little bit. Uh, well, not a little bit. By their own standard, they were reeling quite a bit, Tommy. And and they bring in Iowa State. They play a poor first half, get outscored by eight in the first half. And and you could, we're concerned about these things because, you know, it, Jerome Tang himself has talked about, you know, cohesiveness and and you know alluded to some issues maybe in the locker room that kind of thing. They came out from halftime, they played a great second half, they got the win. They did exactly what they needed to do. They put themselves ahead of Iowa State, but in a tie in the conference standings and back in the picture in the Big 12 race, two games behind now. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Two games behind with four games to go. One of those teams they're chasing, Baylor, they'll play heads up on Tuesday. And we'll see. But they had to have it if they wanted any chance at the Big 12, and they got it.
3: Yeah, they didn't play their, their perfect basketball on Saturday by any stretch of the imagination. But there were things that were cleaned up and that were better somewhat than what we had seen from the Wildcats. Uh, Prior to the Iowa State game, Kansas State had 84 turnovers in the last five games. That's a lot of turnovers. That's turning the ball over at an extremely high clip. But they kept the turnovers under control against Iowa State. Uh, Only 11 turnovers in that game, which, you know, I think is probably still a few too many from what Jerome Tang would want. But better than what they had done in the previous five games, for sure. They also were able to generate points. Off of Iowa State's turnovers 19 points off of turnovers in that game it wasn't a high flying game it wasn't a high scoring game by any means Iowa State was without Caleb Grill uh, so they they really lacked their uh, long distance threat for sure but beyond that I mean not a high scoring game by any means but the Wildcats did what they needed to do to get the win and to hang tight in the big 12 race
2: yeah, and look, Caleb Grill not being there, the maize product was a factor. But honestly, like when you're when you're reeling like K State was, you don't really care, right? Like you'll take it any way you can get it because it just you know you just got to sort of snap yourselves out of it a little bit. And we'll see. Look, they've got they've got a tough game, a really tough game left at home against Baylor, and then they go to Oklahoma State, to West Virginia, and they host Oklahoma. Uh, they'll probably have to win all four of those if they want to be alive in the Big 12 race, would be my guess. And even then, it may not be enough. But I, I don't think a loss keeps them in the mix. So you had to get this one, though, just to get the monkey off your back. Like, get that out of here. And Jerome Tang after the game was great. You know, talking about this is more about life lessons than basketball lessons. Like, when you're struggling, you still got to get up and go to work in the morning. And, man, we, li- it's why we all love Jerome Tang, right? He, he's just such a... He's such an inspirational person just in general. Um, So it it was good to hear that. Hopefully whatever that issue is works itself out. And this team starts clicking again before tournament time, because the question becomes at everybody's best, right? If everybody in the league is at their best, is K-State there with everybody? I don't know that they're there with Kansas at its best. Texas, Texas, I think probably so in Baylor. I can't wait for that Baylor game because I want the answer to that question. And, and we'll see, but they can at least make a run, but we all know it. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be playing good basketball come tournament time for that to happen. Like what team walks into the tournament ice cold and reeling and has any success. So that's, that's priority one. Just get back on track here over the next two weeks.
3: Yeah, and a lot of that starts with Marquise Noel, and I have been really concerned about him, uh, especially shooting from long range. Uh, the, the previous two games, I think he was like two and ten, and two of ten, and one of nine uh, in his previous two games shooting from three. He was four of nine on Saturday, so you know a little bit better clip for him there. Four of thirteen overall from the field, so he didn't do a great job inside the arc. Uh, but you know he he still led. Kansas State in scoring he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink at least offensively for Kansas State it's just going to be a matter of how effective can he be Uh, you know he had a big dagger shot late in that game to sort of ice it away for the Wildcats I mean it was like literally right inside Half court uh, when he took that shot with like three minutes to go uh, again, that's one of those shots. We talked to Tim Fitzgerald about this, about it's one of those you know things that Noel does where you're kind of like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then he makes it and you're like, all right, well, not really the shot that I would want you to take. But if it's going to work, it's going to work. Uh, and so he was he was performing offensively at a little bit better level than what we had seen the previous two games. Uh, But as they get deeper into conference play, and then especially in the postseason, in the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament, they're going to need the best version of Marquise Noel, night in and night out, if they want to have a a chance to be a second weekend team.
2: Yeah, oh, for sure. Excuse me. Yeah, for sure. They, you know, they, they are good enough to beat anybody anytime. I don't think that means they're necessarily as good as Kansas, right? I don't I don't think that they quite are. But we've seen it this year. Are they good enough to beat them on any day? Sure they are. And, you know, that's all it takes if you're playing well. And if Noel and Johnson are playing well, I'll take them against anybody. Like, if you tell me those two guys are going to be on their A game, yeah. They're two of the best players in the country. They're two All-American candidates. And so... We'll see. And, and, you know, a lot of this is new. And and I say that because, you know, with Kansas, if Kansas was reeling right now, you'd have concern, but you wouldn't have as much concern, right? Because we've seen this again. And with Kansas State, we just haven't seen it with Jerome Tank. I mean, Kansas does this all the time, right? They struggle. They get hot right down the stretch. They start playing amazing defense around the tournament. They win the Big 12 tournament a lot or whatever, and then they go into the NCAA tournament, and and you see what happens. With Jerome Tang, we don't know that yet. You know, we saw adversity. We saw the beginnings, I think, of answering those questions. But remember, Tommy, for a a half there, it looked like they were just going to keep struggling. It looked like the adversity was going to continue there in the first half. They didn't play well at all in the first half. And in the second half, they got it turned around. I, I mean, that's sort of all you can ask for, right? And and I don't know what else they're going to be able to do down the stretch. I don't know if they'll be able to play in the Big 12 and stay competitive and keep it going. But I also know that that doesn't really matter, right? They just have to be playing well, and they were not playing well. And hopefully that second half is the beginning of some playing well consistently, because that's all that really matters.
3: Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't want to... Um... I don't want it to come off like I'm I'm criticizing you, but I know, and I've, I do this too. Like, we can talk in generalities. We can say, well, they need to be playing well. We need to get, you know, the best output from them down the stretch. Yeah, that that's all obvious in, in general. But I think if, if you dial in on a couple of different things here, first off, like I mentioned, and, and you said Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel being the best version of themselves. I think that's true to an extent, but they've got to have Noel. I think that, you know, if you've got... A an effective Noel and Keontae Johnson not on his A game. I think the Wildcats still have a good sh- a good chance to win. But if Noel is not playing well, then I think that all bets are off at that point. The other thing they may have beat Iowa State, uh, and and that was a, a gutsy win for them to get that monkey off their back. But they were out rebounded by nine in that game, uh, and and that's not going to be something that is going to lead to a whole lot of success in the tournament. And if we're talking about where they might end up come March, uh, are they a sweet 16 team? Are they an elite eight team? What is the ceiling for this wildcats team? Uh, I think that's all there. The potential is there for sure, but not if they're going to get out rebounded by almost 10.
2: Well, no, look, I mean, they've got to, they've got to be better than that. They don't have a ton of size, so they better be ready to win in a game that they do get out rebounded in. Um, because they don't have a lot of size. That's not going to change, right? They don't have that. But but they've got size in other places, right? Keontae Johnson is a monster. And and I'll disagree with you. Keontae Johnson's best player on the floor when he's on the floor. And he needs to be the best player on the floor when he's on the floor. And, and that's just the reality of it. This is the guy who's, you know, came out of the gates and put K-State on the map this year. Marquise Noel's fantastic. Marquise Noel, I I mean, every point guard in the country, in theory, is your most important player. I, I get that, but if Keontae Johnson is great, Kansas State will be fine. Now, it's been a little while, whether he's physically tired, I don't know, but I mean, he's, you know, typically he's a much more efficient scorer than Marquise Noel is, right? Marquise Noel, if he's feeling it, can light you up and you're toast, Keontae Johnson's got to be the steady force, regardless of what Marquise Noel does, right? Keontae Johnson's got to get you sniffing a double-double each time down, get you to the free throw line, get you in those places where even if it's not a good shooting night, you're generating offense because he's such a creative offensive player. That's what I mean about Keontae Johnson. Marquise Noel can take a game over as, as well as any player in the country if he's feeling it. But Keontae Johnson, they can't just, you know, I, I don't like their chances if they're, you know, playing games where he's in foul trouble or he's not, you know, scoring, at least in some capacity. I, I think he's the guy. I think he has to be the guy for this team in critical games. You know, maybe not as much in critical moments. but That's where Noel sort of steps up. But Johnson's got to be the steadying force. That's what he does. It's who he is.
3: Yeah, but also Noel is going to be the guy to facilitate things for you when he's on the on the sure court. I mean, he's averaging yeah. almost eight assists a game. So, a- again, back to my point, where I think I think you and I are going to be disagreeing here. I, the 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 bottom line for me is that if Keontae Johnson maybe has an off night, but Marquise Noel is not only going to get his offensively, but is also going to be efficient in passing the ball and take care of it and not turn the ball over. Then I think that that's what's going to make Kansas State a really dangerous tournament team. You can get away with a guy like Keontae Johnson, maybe not having his best game, but I don't think you can necessarily get away with the guy who runs the offense turning the ball over, shooting one of ten or you know two of nine from three. It's just it's not going to work uh, long term for the Wildcats. So again, and I'm going to double down on it. I think for the Wildcats. To be the best version of themselves, Marquise Noel has to be the best version of himself.
2: Let me let me say this: I'm I'm talking about the offense here, and when I talk about Keontae Johnson and and rebounding, like the things that he does, rebounding, which you've mentioned several times, Keontae Johnson's got to be a big part of that rebounding because they don't have a ton of traditional size. Marquise Noel, while a great rebounder, great rebounder. I don't think you count on as much in that way. And Marquise Noel's going to have his impact on the game, Tommy. Even when he doesn't shoot it well, he's going to have his impact, right? Because he's the facilitator. I'm talking about just the offense, right? The offense is going to really struggle if Keontae Johnson struggles. Holistically, Noel's going to have... Noel, if he's struggling shooting the ball like he was Saturday, is still going to be a factor offensively because he's going to be distributing the ball. So the chances that he is a non-factor are almost non-existent, right? That that chance is so minuscule that he doesn't have a big impact on the game, even if he's not scoring. Keontae Johnson has to score.
3: Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, for me, uh, is I would love to see a third option uh, come out where, you know, yeah. if you had one of those guys like a Johnson or whoever having an off night that somebody else could consistently Step into that role. We've seen flashes of it. Desi Sills has done it. Uh, Naquan Tomlin has done it. We've seen flashes of other players, but not consistently. And going back to the game on Saturday, it was Noel and Johnson, and that's great. That's awesome. But what happens if one of them goes away? Who else do you have to lean on to? And so I think that's going to be something important for Jerome Tang as he gets into the postseason to try to figure out are there other (laughs) options? Is there somebody
2: else? I don't think it's coming consistently anyway. I think it's going to have to be a person. I mean, look, they got they were fortunate to win on Saturday in a game where you had Noel and Johnson go for double figures and nobody else, right? Yeah. Massoud had 9. Um in 9 minutes by the way. But it, it I don't think consistently. I mean, we all see Desi Sills and he shows these flashes and he's going to be, you know, in contention for six man of the year in the league. But I don't know that you know we're gonna have it consistently, and that's not totally. But isn't, unusual. That,
3: isn't that though? You know, at least in my mind, right now, what separates Kansas State from like a, a Kansas, like the well, games Kansas that we does seen, Kansas have a know, consistent third well, option? But what I was my point in that is the games where they had Jalen Wilson doing everything and nobody else was contributing, they weren't very good. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen the bench players start to warm up a little bit. We've seen the supporting cast around Jalen Wilson, like um, DeWan Harris and Grady Dick and KJ Adams, all do bigger things. And surprisingly, or, or not surprisingly, we've seen the Jayhawks have a lot more success over the last couple of weeks. So I feel like that, that might be what separates the Wildcats from the Jayhawks right now, is that the, Kansas State has yet to figure out, are there other options that can be effective outside of Noel and Johnson, I just don't know if they have it. And that might end up I don't not consistent in the tournament consistently. if one of these guys has an off night.
2: Well, not they're not gonna get it consistently because it's not been there consistently. And and that's okay. Like Kansas doesn't necessarily get it consistently either, but what they do get consistently is somebody doing it. Kansas has too many options for one guy to, to be the guy, right? Like they just have too many choices and it varies from it's one of their strengths, in my opinion. They have several different ways they can attack offensively. Kansas State's going to do its thing offensively, and we know what its thing is, and that's that Noel and Johnson are going to take a ton of shots, as they should, but they need efficiency out of somebody else because I don't think collectively we've seen that that's going to happen like we see with Kansas. So is there a guy? Because the opportunity's there, and that'll be one of the big questions, but I'll say this for Kansas State. More important than all that, Play the kind of defense they played on Saturday. That's what's going to lead them wherever they need to go. If they can do that, then all these other things. There's far less pressure on them to be there, right? And and we know that, especially in the tournament. How many great Shocker teams did we say make? Did we see make great runs based on just grinding it out with people? Kansas State can do that. We we've seen them be able to run and score a ton of points this year. There's got to be a balance, and they have time to find it. Focus on the defense, and then let those two guys, because, because the reality is, and I think we have to look at these things realistically. I don't think a third scoring option is going to just step up and poof out of nowhere. It's not going to happen. So you lean on your two horses. You lean on Johnson and Noel. Let them get their 25 to 30 shots, right? That's okay, as long as you're playing great defense. And and that's what but look, this is a good news conversation for Kansas State. They weathered it looked like it was gonna be a bad news conversation today for a half of that basketball game. And they got it done. And that's the first step to getting back on track. They've got plenty of time to get back on track, and we'll see. They have another big game on Tuesday. Big game against Baylor. And that's gonna be a big test for them at home. You gotta win that game. You gotta win that game at home against a really good team let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll look back at Kansas and then we'll continue into the hour and look ahead tonight to TCU but we'll look back first it's Reaction Monday here on Sports Daily all kinds of good stuff coming for you today throughout the show we're gonna have some giveaways a little later right now we want to tell you about your chance to win a trip to see Nickelback and Brantley Gilbert at a U.S. stop of your choice on their get rolling tour including round trip airfare a two-night hotel stay A pair of tickets and a $200 gift card. Enter now on our contest page at kfhradio.com. you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Betmgm Sports in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on this monday reaction monday edition jacob albrock alongside tommy castor with you here today jad chambers producing for us jad chambers is uh taking care of all of our giveaways and we're gonna make jad a busy man this week we're gonna give stuff away quite a bit uh, for us over at hto which is my wife and i's side hustle if you want to call it that it's our it's all our full hustle everything's a side hustle uh but over at HDO East, we're launching coffee this week. We have some really cool coffee drinks, uh, hot coffee, iced coffee, hot teas. Everyone keeps asking me, telling me about the horchata, which is which has got people excited. It's an iced coffee with like a vanilla cinnamon take on it. it. It's It's all really cool. We're launching that on Friday. So what we'll do this week is give away some free coffee cards. We usually give away free iced tea cards because that's the bread and butter over there at HDO. We're going to do some coffee cards this week. Uh, So let's kick it off, and we'll do this again in the second hour, and we'll give away some hockey tickets as well. Uh, But real quick, let's give away two of those, Jad. Two free coffee, free brew house. It's the HTO Brew House. So two brew house drink tickets, coupons, uh, whatever you want to call them, to our first caller right now, 869-1240. Jad will get you taken care of, get those two, and you can start using those on Friday when we launch that HTO Brew House. Uh, Tommy, KU, looking good. Um, that was, that was a nice win against Baylor, a horrible first half and a second half where I think we probably saw the best of what KU can be the second half of what we, KU plays that way. They're going to win a natty. Uh, now that's unreasonable to expect that sort of half all the time. Quite frankly, the first half was about as bad as we could see them play. Right? Like, so with tail of two halves, but I mean, They got down 13 at half to Baylor and won by 16, Tommy. That is unreal.
3: Yeah, they were down 17 with like two minutes to go in the first half. And then at one point they were up 17 in the second half. Uh, Just a a remarkable turnaround for the Jayhawks. Um, I think that it's it's fair to say that the way that Baylor played in the first half, if they can play like that, they can win a natty. I mean, that was a high caliber, high quality basketball games, a game between two of the best teams in America and two of the best teams in America for the last several seasons. Like it's not really even close between Baylor and Kansas. But that was so much fun to watch. Um, Baylor was lights out in the first half. They were making everything that they looked at. And it was one of those games that, you know, halftime rolled around. And I thought, man, uh, you know, Baylor is. On fire and they're doing everything right. And Kansas, it wasn't like they played god awful in the first half, but they couldn't they couldn't keep up with Baylor. I mean, Baylor was making everything they looked at. Uh, And then in the second half, Baylor cooled off some. And here come the Jayhawks. And there was a stretch. I mean, it, it reminded me quite a bit of the national championship game last year when Kansas was down so much against North Carolina. And then within five or six minutes of the second half, they were right back in it. And that's what Kansas we saw played, on Saturday, Kansas right? Kansas
2: played every game down the stretch that way, it felt like, uh, where they, you yeah, just couldn't much. get them down. And that's pretty obviously much. a good skill to have. Yeah, that's, that's – I mean, to outscore Baylor by 29 points in the second half and know that Baylor is a team capable of winning a national championship this year, if you want to know what the ceiling of Kansas is, that's the ceiling. Right, I, think, I think I yep. think we saw the ceiling um, it's the first it may be the first time or at least the first time in a long time that we saw that ceiling, but we did where they shot 63% from the field five of ten from three right It just went on an absolute tear. They only had four turnovers in that game. can you believe that Tommy? When does any team ever have just four turnovers in a game but they did it and you know it was really kind of interesting. They did it on a night where Jalen Wilson was the best version of himself, 21-13. and And I wonder, and we can talk to Brian Haney about this later in the week, I wonder if there's any correlation there, right, to that level of basketball alongside Jalen Wilson being the best version of himself. Because in a lot of times this year, we've seen one or the other, right? We've seen Jalen Wilson be this just monster Naismith candidate and everybody else sort of struggle, and is that enough? And then we've seen where everybody picks up the slack. We don't see it all the time where you get both. And maybe this is what happens when you get both. And I don't want to look at everything through rose-colored glasses because they still laid an egg in the first half, too. But it's hard I have I've thought from the beginning of this season that this was a team capable of repeating as national champions. I don't think that was the sentiment for a lot of people. And There have certainly been times where it was like, okay, I'm crazy. There's no – this is it. This is what you see where you're like, okay, yeah, this team could totally, could totally repeat as national champions. I just – we see it this year across college basketball. Like, you're not going to find me a team that's more talented, right? That we know, right? There's not any team that's definitively more talented right now than Kansas. There are teams that are differently talented. There are teams – probably quite a few teams that are as talented, but not more talented. And then it becomes a question of, okay, well, what do you have that's going to get you there in the tournament? They have their elite player in Jalen Wilson. He's an older player. I mean, it's this is Kansas 101, right? You get an older player that's elite. He's going to compete for a Naismith. He stuck it out with the program, and it's paying dividends. You have your superstar freshman in Grady Dick, who I would contend is probably... As far as a college basketball player, Tommy, better than most of the superstar freshmen that come through Kansas as a contributor right now. And you have your elite point guard, which a lot of Kansas teams have had. They certainly, I mean, they brought theirs back basically from from last year's Natty into Juan Harris. They've got their defensive specialist in Kevin McCuller. The only thing they don't have, and we all know this and we've said it till our faces turn blue, is their elite big but KJ Adams at least offensively was really really good and McCullough and Wilson helped him out and picked him up on the boards you know Baylor is a team with size right and, and and that's a good matchup and they out-rebounded Baylor so it's it feels like it's coming together for Kansas um it, they leaned real hard on their starting 5 and that was about it in this game which was interesting but those are the five that they're going to ride. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. We can like the, the you know the spurts of some of these young bigs, but they're not coming into any game for extended minutes unless it's a desperate situation. I mean, these are the five guys, and are these five guys capable? I, yeah, I think that they are. They've proven to beat good bigs several times this year, so they know how to do it.
3: And we can talk about Jalen Wilson as a walking double double, twenty-one and thirteen. Can talk about Grady Dick as an elite freshman uh, and, and shot the ball really well on Saturday. But something else, dewan Harris and K.J. Adams were a combined 11 of 14 from the field. 11 of 14 from the field in that game. They were both great. K.J. Adams was 5 of 6. Dewan Harris was 6 of 8 in shooting. So even on a night where, yeah, Jalen Wilson got his, but I mean, don't forget, Jalen Wilson was 6 of 16 from the field and 0 of 5 from 3. So he got over 20 points, but it he, it wasn't the most efficient shooting night for Jalen Wilson. Uh, but Dewan Harris and K.J. Adams, they made up for it and then some. And a lot of that came from the huge run in the second half that got Kansas right back into it and then taking the lead and and ultimately winning by double figures. But it was a complete team effort where you you know you've got your star, in Jalen Wilson, and and I think he's somebody that you look at as you know probably the top candidate for Big Twelve Player of the Year, at least one of them, uh, and then your highly touted freshman. But then all of the other pieces around them they're starting to come into form. We talked about it in the in the last segment, and we've talked about it multiple times before on in games where Jalen Wilson is the only offensive threat. That is not a good version of the Jayhawks. They're not going to win, and they're not going to go deep. But we've started to see the supporting cast consistently start to step up, whether it's Grady Dick or K.J. Adams. Kevin McCuller has done it at times. Dewan Harris is facilitating everything. Uh, that's the best version of the Jayhawks. And we didn't see it quite as much in the first half. But in the second half, and I will always say Bill Self is probably the best coach in America as far as halftime adjustments is concerned uh, because they came out and they had it all figured out. And so that's absolutely the team that we need to see when March rolls around.
2: Boy, this, it is, and I agree. I, I think you can end the sentence at Bill Self's best coach in America, by the way. Um, this this game tonight has everything you could want. It's, it's going to be so good because – and I, you know, I don't know about you, Tommy, but it's really bummed me out that TCU has dealt with a bunch of injuries because they were really, really stinking good before that happened. And I, I think that they're healthy now. Miles, I mean, they they put up a hundred, Tommy, on Oklahoma State. They put up a hundred on them. Are I mean, are you kidding me? Miles was back, scored 15 points, they've got uh, they've got their guys back. And I I don't know tonight. Kansas is an underdog and we'll talk about this game in the next segment. Yeah, but it has really bummed me out that TCUs had to go through that. but TCUs a, a final four caliber team. I I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Am I crazy?
3: No, I mean, they've you know clearly struggled with injuries with Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin. Uh, but both of those guys, you know, look to be at least relatively healthy or at least healthy enough to be able to contribute. And, you know, Mike Miles, there was concern that when he injured that knee that he was going to be out for quite a while. Fortunate for him and the Horn Frogs, it was what a hyperextension and there was no ligament damage or anything like that. And, and he looked good. 15 points on Saturday. It's going to be another heavyweight matchup tonight with KU and TCU. It should be fun.
2: You'll hear it right here at 8 o'clock. Let's talk about it next. We'll begin to look ahead to that big, big Monday, the late game tip. We're staying up late tonight. It's Sports Daily on KFH.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
2: All right, welcome back, everybody. Scott from Wichita is our winner of some coffee over at HTO. The brew house launches on Friday, and we are excited about it. It's got our lives crazy right now, Tommy. And uh, we also got some Wichita Thunder tickets there for Scott. So, what did he win? A four pack? What's the wins the game, Tommy?
3: Yeah. So our next Thunder game is next Friday, March third. Uh, at Intero Bank Arena, so we got you a 4 packet of tickets to that game uh, coming up a week from Friday.
2: All right, so a 4 packet of Thunder tickets, HTO Brewhouse free drinks. There you go, Scott. We'll give away some more uh, Brewhouse drinks in the second hour. We'll do. We'll try to do uh, a pair each hour this week leading up to Friday's launch day. Um, all right, so Big Monday tonight, Tommy. Bet MGM has the line at uh, KU plus one and a half. I think regardless of where this line ends up, and I'll be uh, curious to see the movement today. You either, you know, you're betting probably the money line either way on this. So you're just kind of betting the winner here. And look, I get it. I'm, I'm not surprised that TCU is favored in this game. What I do think is really interesting, Tommy, is you know we sort of saw the best of both of these teams I think on Saturday KU for a half and TCU all the way through you don't put up a hundred on Oklahoma State like you know that that doesn't happen and they did that and then we obviously just talked about KU's half second half so I think we saw the best of both of these teams and now we're looking at it Vegas quickly reacts and we get a very typical home court line on a game that's essentially a pickup
3: yeah, the very uh, most important thing for the Jayhawks tonight is to avoid a letdown. Uh, they went out, like we talked about in the last segment, in the second half against Baylor, on fire. They have to try to avoid a letdown, and yeah. uh, and it's a quick turnaround, right? I mean, you, you exert a ton of energy in the second half in front of your home crowd. Allen Fieldhouse was probably the loudest it's been all season in the second half, ton of adrenaline pumping huge win uh, against Baylor and then you immediately hop on a plane you fly to Fort Worth and you got to go play TCU in their home gym and it's going to be rocking in Fort Worth tonight and so the the biggest thing that is going to be the most important thing for the for the Jayhawks is to avoid any kind of emotional or mental letdown you got to come ready to play from the tip I don't have any doubt that they've got the production to be able to do it. I just want to make sure that they're not, uh, that they didn't exert all of their emotional energy on Saturday.
2: Yeah, look, I, I don't suspect that KU, I don't want to say they're not capable of coming out flat because they did in the first half, but I find it hard to believe that they'd be unprepared for the intensity and emotional environment they're about to walk into tonight. TCU and what I assume would be TCU fans are going to have their hair on fire for this one. They're frustrated that the injuries happened. They feel like they should have won the Big 12 this year. I think they absolutely could have won the Big 12 this year. I think they absolutely could be the last Big 12 team standing in the NCAA tournament. They're that good. And they feel, I would imagine, which is why we saw them put up 100 dadgum points is that they are insanely frustrated and ready to go to war with anybody they play the rest of the way to re-establish themselves as that. I don't think KU is going to overlook that. I think KU's very well aware of that and knows what it's about to get into tonight. Now, do they play well? I, I think TCU will have a lot to do with that. Remember, that here's the other piece to that, Tommy. TCU came to Lawrence and gave gave Bill Self one of his worst home losses ever. They beat him by 23 in Lawrence. So KU also will have its hair on fire tonight for this game. The over/unders at 151 points. I think I'm going to take the over. Like they're going to come out they're going to come out throwing haymakers. And
3: this is a big point based on what we talked about in the last segment. It's been the narrative for a long time, and I'm going to say it again. When Jalen Wilson is the only guy to contribute, it's not good for the Jayhawks. Wilson, the last time these two teams faced off against each other inside Allen Fieldhouse when TCU beat Kansas by 23, Jalen Wilson had 30 points. He had 30 points in that game. That was that stretch of games when the Jayhawks were losing, but Wilson was always hitting his over. And so it seemed like, you know, just the the easiest bet in the world to bet is over because he did it in like four or five straight games, scoring like 25 points or more. He did it. Nobody else did anything during that game. And the Horned Frogs win by 23 inside Allen Fieldhouse, which doesn't happen. It was the worst home loss for the Jayhawks in two years. And that's what TCU did. The last time these two teams faced off against each other, right about a month ago. Since that time, the Jayhawks have figured out ways to get other players involved at a high level. They have to continue that tonight.
2: Yeah, it's and and both of them are just coming off of such good offensive performances that I I feel like this is going to be high-scoring. I just placed an over bet at BetMGM. I think both offenses are going to be feeling it, and but the, the problem with that is both defenses are also very capable, right? We know that, too. Uh, but it feels to me like they're just going to bring it. The the pace and energy in this is probably going to be through the roof in this, I hope, and it kind of feels like it's going to be one of the better college basketball games we've seen all year. You'll hear it right uh, here tonight at 8 o'clock tip time on KFH. It's part of What's On Tap that we'll get into later, but and tell you that right now, you'll hear the game. Brian Haney will have the call here, 8 o'clock. We'll come back uh, on Sports Daily and get you ready for hour number two. We'll return.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours